Hi out there, I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Every week, we interview folks from the visual arts or the performing arts and talk about goings-on in our local area here. And this week, we're talking with Peter Rykwant, sculptor and painter here in the Northwest. Now, Peter has been successfully creating site-specific public art for more than 30 years. Peter Reichwam has a master's degree in sculpture from Yale University. Very impressive. (laughs) He strives to create durable, well-crafted, and meaningful works that speak to the uniqueness of each site. Several of his projects have been recognized by Americans for the Arts as outstanding examples of art projects nationwide. He works from his studio, New Art Projects Company. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you, Pat. Happy to be here. That's great. We're so glad you could stop by. I'm glad to be here. Great. Before we get started, though, let's review some events coming up in our local area here. Now, this next weekend is the Bellevue Jazz and Blues Festival. And every year it gets bigger. It's really a great uh, place to be next weekend. And why? Because there are over 40 live shows that are free in this. And they're all kind of in downtown Bellevue. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. And the festival will showcase actually top regional jazz and blues musicians. But alongside them all-star middle school and high school jazz artists. And the performances will be throughout downtown Bellevue. Um, And so you'll see them on the street and in the mall and so on. And then also uh, in local restaurants, just about any restaurant you go to is going to have a jazz group. So that's such a treat. And then in in other cultural venues, such as the, well, the Bellevue Arts Museum, Badenbauer Center, and, of course, the Resonance at Soma, which is really a wonderful venue for any kind of a musical artist. And this event promotes the importance of music education and performance on the east side. So hope to see you there. Now, for ticketed events at Maiden Bar Center, go to BellevueJazz.com. And for a schedule of free events, this is the most complete website, and ticket events, go to BellevueDowntown.com. Hope to see you there at this great (laughs) feast feast of jazz and blues music. We'll be back shortly talking with sculptor Peter Rykwam about his new Crow with Fries in Auburn's Les Gove Park. Stay tuned. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with Peter Rykwam creator of many large iconic sculptures that you'll see in the Pacific Northwest. And 
He also taught at Pratt for many years. I did. So he's a friend of Pratt. But Peter, let's talk first about your wonderful new sculpture that will be uh, landing this Friday, May 31st. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, this sculpture is a, is a pretty big one, and it's, I think it's going to be really popular. I think it's, a, it's an image that people can really relate to. It's, it's called Crow with Fries, and it's a 12-foot-tall black crow. That's a big crow. It's a big one <laughs> um, with a French fry in its beak. And sitting next to him on the ground is a box of French fries. The, the idea for the fr- French fries and the crow came from a couple different sources. One, there are many, many resident crows in Lescove Park. They're everywhere. And I think crows and ravens are such fascinating birds. I've uh, always been a fan of them. So to have an opportunity to actually make one was pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the idea for the French fries came from the fact that this site uh, was once upon a time a drive-in restaurant called Big Daddy's. And a couple of years ago, the city of Auburn uh, acquired that property and um, lands- tore down the, the buildings that were there and landscaped it to create a more visible entry to the park, which is kind of set back away from Auburn Way and hard to see from the street. So they made this new entry way and the sculptures designed really as an iconic site marker to let people know that there's something going on here this is a special place so the the other thing that is kind of interesting is that when they tore the the buildings down on that property they left a remnant of the old drive-in restaurant so there's a the awning structure that you used to park your cars under is still there and it's a little bit out of context because it's just sitting in this landscaped area and you you might wonder what is that but if you know about American pop culture and drive-ins you would instantly recognize that structure and I thought that was kind of neat that they left that and it became sort of a jumping off point for the conceptual part of the of the sculpture yes and I thought it I I thought it was uh, just kind of harkened back memories Mm -hmm. of the old place that was there but you know I can I can see that uh, crow as being a very important landmark because it's kind of not that easy to see all of those buildings in Lesko Park. I mean, there's a museum, mm-hmm. there's a senior center, there's a library. Right. And But you can just tell people, well, you know, to get to the, all these things, just go down Auburn Way uh-huh. and, until you get to that huge crow <laughs> with fries, and then you just turn there and, and you'll be right there. <laughs> yep, that's. The, I think that's what people are going to use it for more than anything is a yeah. is a wayfinder. Um, it's it's pretty big, but as you pointed out, there's so much going on on that road. It's a four lane road, and there's a lot of traffic, truck right. traffic, car traffic, just flying past there all day long, and there's a lot of visual clutter really. So hopefully, this is something that's just going to catch people's attention, jump right out, and identify it as a special place. And it's a very contemporary crow. I mean, it's very artistic. It's not just your ordinary, you know, shape of a crow. It's got planes and right. uh, style. Uh, I don't know how you got the idea to do it that way, but it's quite, quite wonderful. Well, this is, this is sort of a s- typical of, of the work that I do. Every piece is completely different, but even when it's a very recognizable image, it's very stylized. Ah. And <clears throat> I wanted this piece to look very stylized. I didn't want it to be real naturalistic with a, you know, with a round body. It's right. very, it's faceted. Um, it's very mechanical looking, a crowbot maybe. Yeah. Um, 
And the idea was to create something that looks like it was made. That you know, it, it's not an organic structure. It's a mechanical, uh, geometric kind of structure. And the fun thing about it too is because all those different planes are flat, they reflect different colors. So you see the sky reflected in some, the ground, the grass, the traffic. They're, they're not mirrors, but they take on the the surrounding colors. So that makes it a little more interesting. And there's some other interesting things about it, like the eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do they just automatically light up at night? At or night, they will light up. Um, so there's an acrylic lens in each one, and there's an LED light fixture inside the, the crow's head. And it's hooked to a, a photoelectric cell. And ah. so when the sun goes down, the lights come on. So the, the eyes will actually glow yellow uh, crow eyes at night. And then in the morning when the sun comes up, the cell shuts it off. So Now, in, in addition to the eyes lighting up, there are two light fixtures, in-ground light fixtures in this little plaza that I've created to sort of make a space for the crow. Um, it's not sitting in the lawn. It's, there's actually a little concrete uh, plaza area there. And there are two uplights in that, in that concrete slab that have blue LEDs in them. So they're going to kind of bathe the, the crow's body in blue light. Oh, that is going to be so fantastic. I think it's going to be pretty dramatic, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was there, I told you yesterday, mm-hmm. and it even looked good. You know, they have this big fence around it, so you can't really see it as well as you'd like to. Mm-hmm. But it really is pretty darn spectacular, <laughs> even with a fence around it. So it's going to look great when they finally take the fence down yeah. and... And you're going to have a big party. I mean, really big party yeah. to honor that. Why don't you talk about the party? Okay. Well, yeah, there is a fence around it right now. And that, that fence has been up for a few weeks during the construction because we had to do some excavation and make the concrete slab and do the installation and all that. And we had to keep, you know, create a safe working space. But that fence will be coming down sometime before the end of this week. And they've also been out, the parks folks have been out there uh, repairing the so- the sod around the slab. Oh, yeah, it's got to be perfect. Yeah, it's going to be really <laughs> nice and all dressed up for the big occasion, which happens on on Friday this week, the 31st, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. And the City of Auburn Arts and Parks folks have really pulled out all the stops on this one. They, they're, they're having a party. It's not just a, you know, a ribbon-cutting dedication type thing. It's a big deal. And they're they're encouraging everyone to show up, so you should you should come. Um, but there's going to be food and music and crow related activities and speakers and a whole bunch of stuff. I don't really know exactly what all is going to happen, but it's going to be a big fun party. Well, I know you're going to have a cake, and I know you're going to have hot dogs, <laughs> and you know just all kinds of food. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you suppose the cake is going to have a big crow on it? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would hope so. And I don't know if they're serving fries or not, but that would be appropriate too, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? That would be appropriate <laughs> too. And all kinds of games. Yeah, you got to take the kids. Right. And go see the new show uh, with the with the new Crow with Fries. Mm-hmm. That'll be a, a good time. Yeah, they're very excited about this. And it's, it's the biggest, I think it's maybe one of the biggest uh, public art projects the city of Auburn has ever done. So they're really making an effort to promote it and, uh, you know, let people know about it. And they're, the good thing about that, too, is that 
it's not just good for me that I get a little bit of attention for the work that I do, but it's really good for them to promote their art collection and their other activities in the park. And so it's a, it's a win for everybody. Yeah. And they've even put uh, crow's feet on the sidewalk in yellow uh, to show you how to get to the the big statue of the crow. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think they're really into it. But in that uh, complex, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a big library, Mm -hmm. a senior center, and wonderful museum. Actually, we were looking for, I have to tell you this, we were looking for your sculpture, and these ladies came out of the museum Mm -hmm. and beckoned us in, saying, oh, you know, We'd really like you to come in, and so we went in. Have you been in the museum? I have, yeah. It's actually a really wonderful little historical museum about Auburn and the Valley. I Um, think it's the best historical museum in this whole area. I think so, too. It's got a a real old schoolhouse, a real Mm -hmm. old cabin, tons of pictures of in the 1800s and early 1900s and the settlers and stories and yeah, and there's a big section about the, the Japanese farmers who settled in the Auburn Valley and created all the produce. There was once upon a time a a, a big ceramics company that made all the terracotta uh, facade components that you'd see like on the Alaska building downtown Seattle. All those beautiful terracotta sculptural architectural elements were made down there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great little museum. It's called the White River Valley Museum. Yes. So be sure to see that when you're down there, too. Mm -hmm. It's so great. Yeah, the park itself is great, too. It's um, As you mentioned, there's a senior center. There's also a teen center. Um, There's a climbing wall. There's a huge playground area. They even have bocce courts and uh, a Vietnam memorial. So there's a lot going on in that park. Great. Yeah. And then your sculpture is going to be... Uh, A beacon bringing people there. (laughs) Yes, but it's already time for a break. Okay. We've been talking with Peter Reichwam about his uh, new sculpture, Crow with Fries, in Lescove Park in Auburn, opening this Friday at 6 to 7.30, right? That's right, yes. So be there for the excitement. We'll be right back. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Featuring a school of over 400 glass fish from makers around the world. School, the Joseph Rosano Salmon Project, highlights the plight of global salmon and steelhead populations and recognizes current conservation efforts. See it at BAM from April 12th through August 11th and save the date for the 2019 Artful Event Auction Gala on Saturday, June 29th. Artful Evening is BAM's most fun, festive, and important fundraising event of the year, supporting world-class exhibitions and essential community programming. Get tickets and learn more at BellevueArts.org. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with Peter Reichwam, creator of many large, iconic sculptures here in the Pacific Northwest. So, Peter, and we've talked all about this crow with flies, which is wonderful, but you have so many other sculptures out there. How did you uh, become interested in doing sculpture? Well, I've been, you know, I think I'm one of those lucky people that always knew what I wanted to do, even from an early age. Oh, really? I've been an artist my whole life. I 
I can't remember a time when I wasn't doodling or drawing or painting or playing with clay. Um, it's just been, a, it's a part of me. Oh, that's great. And so I went to art school in the 70s and early 80s. And uh, I immediately sort of gravitated towards sculpture because it's, it's three-dimensional physical um, medium. And it wasn't the materials particularly. I mean, I've worked in lots of different materials, uh, and I still incorporate a variety of materials in my work from time to time. But I liked the physicality of making things three-dimensionally. Uh -huh. And at that time, I, I also went to work for Fabrication Specialties, which is a company here in Seattle that, that um, fabricates large-scale public artworks for all sorts of artists, local and international artists. And I worked for them for many years, and um, that gave me sort of an intro to the, the world of large-scale public art Oh, you must projects. have. It was kind of like an apprenticeship, really. It really it? was sort of like an apprenticeship, and I learned a tremendous amount from those guys. Um, and, and, you know, I think it, it, it led me down this path. It pushed me down a path that I think I was already sort of finding my way on. Right. Um, and so... I've for the since I finished graduate school in 1984, I've my emphasis has been almost 100% on large scale public works of my own. Um, I do fabricate work occasionally for other artists, but my focus is on my own my own work, and I really don't do very much studio work other than building scale models for these things. I, um, I'm not I don't consider myself a studio artist anymore because I haven't oh, done uh -huh. that for a long time. Um, uh, but I do, you know, I do other things too. I draw and I do a lot of photography and some digital manipulation of my photographs and that sort of thing. But the sculpture is really my main focus. So how do you go about designing a sculpture for mm -hmm. a specific site? Well, there's usually a, a fairly involved selection process. When, once a call for artists goes out, um, people ask me all the time, how do you find out about these projects? And I say, well, I, I subscribe to a lot of different art agency mailing lists, mm -hmm. um, Americans for the Arts and King County and, um, you know, for Culture and Seattle, arts Commission, Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, Washington State, plus agencies in other states, too. I've been doing some work outside of the Puget Sound area for the last several years. So I get these email listings and I go through them and w when a project looks like it's something I might be interested in, I'll, I'll go through the application process. And then there's a, a selection process that takes place that, that take, it's a multi-tiered process and eventually the agency will select an artist to work with. And uh, in this case, I was selected not based on a, on a specific proposal, but I was selected as the artist that they wanted to work with and then I was given S several months, really, to develop some ideas. Mm. And this is the one that, that we all settled on. Well, that's kind of nice when they work it that way. It, it is. It's, I prefer that, that approach as opposed to um, submitting a proposal, which you spend quite a bit of time doing, and then to have it rejected. Yeah. Is, you know, it's, it's not my preferred way of working. I prefer to be given some freedom to spend some time at the site, get to know the people, get to know the area, and then take all of that information and gel it into some artistic statement that hopefully resonates with the people who live and work there. And I think this is one example of something that 
people will recognize immediately what it is, even though it is very stylized. And I think, I think people will relate to it, and I think they'll find humor in it. Um, it's really big, and it has the French fries, of course, which is right. which I think is kind of a funny thing. So well, I don't know. When I worked at Fabrication Specialties, the, Larry and Gerald used to always say, if you can't make it good, make it big. <laughs> and if you can't make it big, paint it red. So, uh, so I made a big, a big black crow and a big red French fry box. So I don't know if it's good or not. We'll see. Oh, it's good. Well, one thing about your art, at least from what I've seen, um, is very contemporary, but it has a broad appeal mm -hmm. to a cross section mm -hmm. of of people, and that is really something to achieve. I think. Because a lot of times when things are stylized or contemporary, you lose a portion of the population as far as their admiration. <laughs> but I think yours is just, you know, can be admired by all. Well, know? thanks. I, I think that goes back to what I was saying about, the, you know, doing the research and spending time in the place to develop the idea. Because there are, you know, there's a, a population of people who are really close to that site who are going to be living with it. Right. And it's really important that I somehow connect with them and create something that, that they can relate to. Um, like, for example, I've done several fire station projects, and I've spent a lot of time with the firefighters learning about their job and, and you know, how they, how they live and the, the way they work together. And that creates I ideas that start to germinate, and eventually um, a project comes out of that that's, that really relates to that particular group of people. And they end up really liking it when you They do end it up that really way. liking it, yeah. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, I take my work very seriously, but I also want people to enjoy it and have fun with it. And um, I'm not interested in, you know, making everything 100% likable, but I, it really give, tickles me when people do like it. Yeah. So. Well, you, you have your artistic vision. Right. And, and that's important, too. That's very important. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ones that I really like are your... Uh, your seats done in marble, mm -hmm. which is kind of a departure from some of your other work. You know what I'm talking there, about? In the, uh, is it a subway station or in yeah, a subway station in L.A., a Civic Center station in Los Angeles. And they're very, very contemporary, and um, but they well, look very suitable. They are very suitable, <laughs> and they're very approachable. But they're they're not typical furniture either. They, you know, they have a furniture vibe to them, but. They're sculptures that happen to be suitable. And um, that's actually some not that unusual. And <clears throat> back in, you know, the late 80s when I first started doing, well, mid to late 80s, when I first started doing public projects, a lot of my work was was furniture-based. Oh, I was, really? Yeah, and, and my, my idea was to create environments that, that the public could interact with. So there's a piece up at, at, on the University of Washington campus at Meany Hall that's a series of galvanized steel armchairs. Um, there's some concrete armchairs in Frula Park up by Roosevelt High School. Um, more uh, galvanized steel furniture on a light rail platform in Portland at the Park Rose Station. Is that so, the one with the glass around it? Yeah. Yo, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> uh, the glass is not my design. Oh, I thought that's that That's Christine Bordet, who's a a Portland artist oh. did the glass design, but it really complements the sculptural works furniture together. that I put in yeah. there. Yeah, it works very well. Works really well together. Yeah. 
So well, that makes them interactive when they're because mm-hmm. people come in and sit in these right. sculptures, right? Right. That's that was the goal was to create these environments. Um, the, I think maybe there's another one with granite furniture actually in Spokane at the WSU campus, and it has um, two huge granite armchairs and a bunch of bronze furniture, some bronze bookcases that are filled with cast glass books, and and oh, the uh-huh. books are backlit so uh with blue led lights so it I've sort of bays the room this quasi room it doesn't have walls but it's a it's a room uh-huh. a space and it bathes the room in the light from these from these blue cast glass books it's called light reading light reading i mean that's a joke kind of you know it is it's but it's kind of funny but you know but it's it's a very attractive <laughs> sculpture, though. Well, I, I saw it online, uh-huh. lighted up, and mm-hmm. it's really, I can see where it would draw people into right. it. You know? Well, that's, that was the idea, was to create environments that people could be drawn into and interact. Um, and, and that, you know, I've been incorporating some lighting in a lot of my, a lot of my pieces, and that, that was one of the early ones where I used light as a, as a, as a material. Uh-huh. Um, but the light really makes the piece more dramatic, makes it function all day and all night. And um, I think it draws people in. So you have sculptures all over the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. and probably internationally, too. I, I've done pieces around the United States in a few different places. I, um, Roswell, Georgia, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. I did a, a memorial a Japanese internment memorial in Juneau, Alaska, a few years ago. So, yeah, I'm trying. I've been most of my work is concentrated in the Pacific Northwest, but I'm trying to, you know, broaden my scope and and get my work out to a larger audience. And well, best wishes for that. And it, you've been so successful so far. I've well, really thank, enjoyed. Thank you very Looking much. at your sculptures, but we are already <laughs> running out of time. Thank you so much, Peter, for sharing all the information about all these wonderful sculptures. Thank you for inviting me. Now, let's remind people again about your Crow Landing celebration. When is it? Friday, this Friday, the 31st, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Okay. Let's be... Gove Park, uh, right next door to the Auburn Library on Auburn Way. Okay, so let's all be there. And what is your website so that listeners can find out more about your sculptures? It's www.reikwam.com, and it's spelled R-E-I-Q-U-A-M. Great. Hope to see everyone at the party. And now, and be sure to listen every Tuesday, 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest, news and views of the local art scene. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great day creative week.